0: Said it was going to be different, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Praise the Lord this morning. Why don't we just, uh, let's just stand and uh, let's open this morning with a a word of prayer. Just invite the presence of God just to have His way here today. There, now I turned it on. Yeah. Okay. I'll get it right. See, normally somebody else is up here first and they have it all set for me, you know. i got to kind of get into that routine. Just bear with me a moment. Let's just pray right now. Lord, God, we love you, Lord. We thank you so much, God. Lord, we lift up your name this morning, God. We give you praise and honor and glory. God, we magnify you. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy to us, God. Lord, we worship you today, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we just invite you right now into this place, God. Lord, just have your perfect will in this service today, God. I pray, Lord, that you would just move, God, according to your will, use us for your glory, God. Lord, let your spirit be manifest in this place today, God. Let your presence be known, God. Lord, do according to your will, God. You know the needs of everyone that is here, God, and we we come before you, God, knowing that you and you alone are the one that can meet those and supply those needs, God. Lord, we give you praise this morning. God, we ask that you would just anoint us today, use us for your glory. God, we ask it all in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, bless you. Say hello, greet someone as you're around, as, as you're comfortable, in Jesus' name. You may be seated. We are, uh, uh, or I am, I guess, and, and you're going along for the ride, I guess, but we're going to uh, do, do a, the order of service a little bit different. We're going to start out today with just a, a little bit of teaching, and I promise I won't be long on the teaching, but um, as you know, we are uh, starting tomorrow on 21 days of prayer and fasting. We uh, Hopefully, everyone has has either gotten their book or or it's on the way and if not um we're we're going to be using the book on prayer by ken garley if not uh let me let you know that it is available you can get it on you know kindle and audible and all of those if you haven't got a a hard copy and you want to at least get a a, a, an electronic copy you can do that and i would uh I, i would highly recommend that you have that so that you can join along with us in the the devotions and the focus for prayer um something that something that came up yesterday that that we were discussing and i just wanted to touch on this for a moment before we get into the into the teaching but i had a had some that asked about uh about the fasting and yes during this 21 days i, I want us to fast but i also want god to lead you in how to fast I believe that fasting is is something that can be a very uh, a, a very personal and a very individual uh, offering to God, sacrifice that you make. Each one of us, I, you know, it, for you it may be, you know, it may be easy to to sacrifice in the traditional way where you you don't eat for a a twenty four hour period. That may be you know, no problem to you and to others. It may be, you know, that may be a, a, a huge challenge to them and a great sacrifice. Whereas, you know, to others, uh, there there may be something else that God would, would, uh, would rather them sacrifice and, and lay aside. I know there's, yeah, you know, there's so many that have started doing social media fasts. Oh, Lord, lead us into social media fasts. <laughs> Uh, I, I believe that, that we could uh, spend our time so much more wisely. Um, all right, all right, I'm getting off track. <laughs> Let me just get back here. I'm going to start meddling, you know. <laughs> um, but I, I want you to allow God to just lead you into what it is that, that he would have you give up, what, what you would fast for him. It may be, you know, it may be news. It may be like I said, social media. It may be food. It may be uh, some activity that's important to you. It, it, what, what we are doing in fasting is we are making a sacrifice and saying, "God, I'm I'm willing to lay this down because I desire Your presence and and, and Your Spirit more in my life than I do, you know, this other thing." And I believe that God, uh, He knows us better than than we even know ourselves. And so there's some things that, that God will prompt us in fasting and, and, and laying aside that, that maybe we don't even think about. But God sees and God knows and, and he'll lead us in that. So as, as God begins to prompt you in those things, just follow God's lead. Now, I do believe that there are, there are um, benefits to uh, specific group fasts and, and called uh, fast by, you know, by the pastor and in the church. There are times where I, you know, I'll come to come to you and I'll say, hey, listen, I want us to join together and we're going to do a, you know, we're going to fast, you know, this day for this specific reason. I, I, I understand that and I know that there are uh, great benefits to that. But in this specifically, I want it to be an individual fast. Is that okay? Amen. Yeah, amen. And um, I would encourage you to, uh, to go through the devotion that is there every day. Um, Read that, allow God to to begin to speak to you through that, pray about that, pray for, you know, God's guidance and direction in that. And as we're embarking on this, God just began to kind of talk to me. And so uh, last night I I was telling Brother Carlos, I I couldn't go to sleep last night. And I was up till after midnight last night and and God just dealing with me about, uh, about prayer. And I know that so many here, you, you have, a, uh, you have a, a prayer life. You're faithful in prayer. But I just feel led this morning just to talk to you for a few minutes about what I call the humbling. Um, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, a very familiar passage of Scripture. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Passage that so many times when we're talking about prayer, we talk about that because that's a, a scripture that's, that's directed to God's people. It's directed to the church. It's directed to those of us that are called by his name. And, and so we we use this scripture and we look at this scripture and 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 it calls us into a time of prayer so that god can heal our land god can uh god can can do the things that we have have need of he can forgive the sins and and, you know i mean i could i could spend the entire time talking about the the that are in our nation, the sins that are in you know in our our, our cities and and in our workplaces, and in are even in some of our homes, there are there are those that are not saved. That the sins that are there, that that God, we need your forgiveness. Even in, within our individual lives, we still need forgiveness for sins. Let let me just let me just uh, kind of step to the side for just a moment and let you know that listen. We are not perfect, and we are going to be pushing towards Christ our entire life. And we are going to be heading and striving for that place in God where, where we are pleasing to Him. And there is always, as long as we are alive, there is always going to be uh, room for growth. And so it's important that daily that, that we come before His throne and ask for forgiveness. God, there are still things that you're working on in me. There are still things that I need your help on, God. And so the the, the forgiveness of sins, and of course, we can we can look around our nation and we can see the, the healing that needs to take place. Our our nation that was once founded on the principles of Christianity, founded on, on, on a, a belief in an Almighty God, has strayed so far from where our founding fathers. Uh, originated we we have we have drifted so far from from the course that we should have taken and God our our nation needs help and you know as we cry out to God we want God to hear us and to respond to us now you know it's interesting here in this passage that, that we're that we're talking about because this is at the dedication of the temple they're, they're there and and they, they've just built this new edifice for God, and, and God is, is coming back and, and, and he is saying, Listen, I will accept this. And and you know, if I in the passages that surround this, he talks about the fact that if I bring pestilence to the land, if I, you know, if I if I do this, if I bring natural disaster, if these things come upon the people, if there's famine, if my people which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. He said, I will hear the prayers that are set up in this place. And, and so God, is, God is, is instructing us and giving us direction. But one of the things so many times that, that we overlook and we don't talk that much about is the humbling. That God asked for he starts it out by, if my people which are called by my name number one shall humble themselves and a lot of times we we just kind of jump over that and start saying if we'll pray God will hear from us well there's the humbling that must take place see because in order for us to be in a right frame of mind and in a right position to be able to to petition God, we have to be in a right position in God. To humble oneself is uh, it's actually an adjective. So there's there's the, you know the, it's it's a descriptive term, having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's own importance. It's a matter of recognizing that. Listen, God, I'm not as important. As you are and it's a matter of putting God in his proper place when we humble ourselves we're exalting God we're saying God you're more important than me God you're greater than I am Lord you you're you're more powerful than I am everything that I have need of I can't do in my own self but I have to rely on you God and so we're humbling ourselves. Now, so many times we, um, we, we mix that up. We confuse that with uh, being a base or abasing oneself. And that's not what God calls us to do. He, doesn't, he does not instruct us to abase ourselves. Because to abase means to behave in a way that belittles or degrades someone. God does not want to belittle you. God does not want you to de- uh, degrade yourself, or, or to to say that God, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm nothing. I'm I'm of no importance because we are important to God. We are God's creation, and there is importance, there is significance in us. But we have to remain in our right place, saying, "Listen, God, I'm important to you." But you're more important to me. Amen? Amen. Our world, part of the the, the the problem with our world is that we have gotten things out of proper alignment. We have um, We have fallen into the, uh, the the teachings of humanism. We have allowed pride and self-sufficiency to come in. And it it has destroyed our society. Back in 1841, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson published an essay titled Self-Reliance. And at the closing of this essay, there was a quote that I I found by him as I read through that essay. And he said in there, nothing can bring you peace but yourself. And, you know, so many people have bought into that lie. But I am not able to bring peace to myself. There's only one place that I can receive peace from, and that is from God. God is the one that brings peace to me. If I'm relying on myself, I'm going to bring chaos and confusion. I'm going to have doubts and fears and problems. But if I need peace, I have to turn to the one that speaks peace. I have to turn to the one that it all originates from. This idea of relying on ourselves alone is not a new one. It's it's something that has been around for many, many years. but, But it has taken hold and it's driven its roots deep into the hearts of our culture. And and it's something that has has become a plague that has has really destroyed the very foundation of this nation. We have become such a self-centered, self-reliant, prideful nation. And we, as children of God, we as saints of the Lord, those those that as God spoke here the ones that are called by his name we have to begin that process to where as we humble ourselves we can cry out to him and he can begin to to bring healing into this nation you know mankind has turned to uh reliance on on self or on man-made agencies instead of relying on on God We have become so comfortable because of our uh, our, our wealth in this nation our abundance in this nation that, that that we just don't feel a need for God. If someone's sick we have health care facilities all over and and instead of turning to God for a healing that we can run to the you know we can run to the doctor We've got 24-hour facilities that any time, any day of the week, we can run, and we can go to a health care provider. Or, or, you know, if we need medicines, there are a, a plethora of medicines out there that, that we can choose from. If you need, you know, pain relief, you have everything from, you know, uh, Tylenol and Motrin and Advil and aspirin and, 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 you know, I mean, just on and on and on. There are all these different ones there. There's a multitude of things. You choose what you want. And our reliance on God has dwindled and it has caused us to put God on a shelf and say, I really don't need you for that, God. I, I, was, uh, I was listening yesterday to, uh, my sister was telling me about an account she had heard of. There was a, uh, this was in, I believe it was in 1949. Um, there was a lady that uh, she was, had, had brought these three young women into her home. They were there to uh, teach a, uh, a vacation Bible school, if you will. And uh, they were going to stay with her while they were there at the church doing that. And um, it was a very modest home, very simple. Uh, But the lady uh, had invited them in and had had them staying with her. And the next morning when they got up, uh, she brought out a a fresh plate of biscuits. And she told them, she said, y'all enjoy those. These are miracle biscuits looked at her and they said well, what do you mean they're miracle biscuits she said well and I believe it was in 19 it was early 30s 30 31 somewhere around that time the depression was going on she said we have this tin over here that I keep my my flour in for the biscuits and she said I I went to that tin and I, I looked inside and there was just enough tin, uh, flour in that tin to make one batch of biscuits and she said i i told god i said god i i have no means of replenishing this flour. god i i don't have any way to provide for me and for my family so you've got to do the miracle for me god I said so she took the flour that she had in that in that tin and she made the biscuits and She served the biscuits to her family, and she left it in God's hand. Well, from that day until this time in 1949, every day when she went back to that tin, there was just enough flour in that tin for a a, a pan of biscuits. It never ran out. See, today we have become so, uh, so accustomed to the fact that Listen, we live in a land of plenty. If I need more flour, I can run to the store and I can buy as much flour as I want. And so I don't need to rely on God for that. We've, we've been blessed with an abundance of, of, of good, well-paying jobs here in America. Oh. <laughs> You know, I, I know that, that that some would argue that, oh, you know, we need you know higher minimum wage and we need all these things, and I'm not here to debate with you about that. But let me just tell you that, compared to the remainder of the world, compared to some nations, we are wealthy beyond belief. Even those of us that have the most meager of substance are are blessed mightily of God, and we have we have allowed ourselves to become reliant on the the things that, that are in abundance here instead of being reliant on God. And God, in his word, that's what he is talking about here with humbling. He's saying, listen, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. It doesn't matter what's around you. Don't ever get away from the fact that you must rely on me. You you need God. I need God. I I don't know what tomorrow holds. There may come a time when the you know when the the resources dry up. But if I am in the right place with God and I, I I've still got my my understanding and my relationship with God that God, you're my source, you're my provider. It doesn't matter if the if the resources at the store dry up. I've got a God that can, can, can sustain me with some miracle biscuits. Uh, many of you have heard the, the story with my, my, my mom and uh, dad and the, the miracle chicken. If you haven't asked me out for service, I'll tell you. But uh, very similar. God provides. And, and, you know, it's not just the material things. There are some things that you and I cannot obtain from any other source except from God. If we need joy, the only place that we can find joy is in God. Oh, the world may bring us some happiness, but the world can't give me joy. Like I said before, this world can't bring me peace. And all of the substance of the world can't bring me peace. Oh, but I've got a a heavenly Father that speaks peace. He speaks into our life and and, and releases peace. Peace that passes all understanding. Peace that is beyond measure. Peace that that this world can't even comprehend. hallelujah. See, in America, because of their pride, because of their self-reliance, they have, they have fallen into a, a lack of prayerfulness. Listen, if I don't need anything, why should I go to God and ask for something? I mean, it makes sense, right? Human nature, or uh, you know, if we rationalize, I, I don't need something. Well, what we don't realize is that Yes, we still need things from God, but we have substituted what we really need with things that are, that are temporal, things that are, that are just a temporary fix, things that will kind of stop the, uh, the, the, the hurt or the emptiness inside of us. And, and God wants to get to the root of the problem, and he wants to, to fill the, the void that is within you and, and supply the need that you really have. Mm. To, the, to the church of Laodicea, God wrote that he would spew them out of his mouth for their lukewarmness. Revelation 3.17 says, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not thou, or that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Sounds like so many Americans today. They don't see a need for God because, listen, I've got money in the bank. I've got a house that I live in. I've got a car that I drive. I've got clothes on my back. I've got food to eat. What do I need? (laughs) Your spirit is crying out. Your soul longs for things that that you're trying to fill the void. America's trying to fill the void with, with things. And God says you can't fill those. There's nothing in this world that you can fill those with that are going to satisfy. That's why he told them that that listen, you don't even recognize that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Oh, we may have a clothes or a closet full of clothes, but are we clothed with his righteousness? Do we have on the garments of praise? Uh, do we have on those things that are important to God? Oh, I, there, There's so many things that, that this world is, is missing. And they can only obtain those things from God. See, the, the church at Laodicea, they did not reject God. They just didn't feel like they needed God. They just said, "I'm okay, God." But I I, 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 think about so many people that come into churches today. There, there are people all across this nation today that have walked into church, and, and in their own minds, they're saying, "I'm here to praise God, maybe, and I, you know, I'm here, you know, because this is this is what I, I should do." But I really don't need anything from God today. Oh, and and God looks at our lives, and He says, "Oh." You have needs, you just, you just don't recognize it. There's, there's not an individual here today that you don't have a need from God. There's something that, that you need from God today, and, and maybe you don't even recognize it, but God's saying, listen, if you'll put yourself in that right place, if you'll humble yourself before me, I'll begin to reveal to you. I'll begin to show you what it is that you really need. Mm. David, uh, a man after God's own heart, he allowed pride to be his greatest sin. So many times we think of the the sin of David with Bathsheba and and think of the the pridefulness that was there, that his desire, his self-centeredness, the, the Bible says that it was the time of the king should be out at war and David said no that doesn't apply to me. I'm going to stay back at the, at the castle. I'm going to stay back home. I'm going to do what I want to do. What, what feels right to me and he was selfish while he was there. He, you know, we know the story. He looks on Bathsheba. He desires to have her. His desire is more important than the desire of her. More important than the desire of her husband. Huh. His, his selfishness. And, and we realize that through his pride and selfishness, it cost the lives of four people. But see, that was not the greatest sin of David's pride. We, we rec- recognize that, that David repented of that. And God, God continued to use him and, and continued to bless him. And, and later in life, we find that, that David's pride once again begins to well up inside of him. And, and he goes and he begins to number the people of Israel. God had said not to do that. David said, yes, but I want to see what I have amassed. I want to see how, how, how much I have gained in my kingdom. And he began to allow his pride to well up within him. And he sent out the people to number the armies and to, and to see how mighty and how great and how powerful the nation of Israel had become. And God sent the prophet Gad to him and he said, David, you, you've sinned. You've done wrong. You know that that's not the right thing to do. And so judgment is coming. God gave David a choice. He said, "Here," he said, "You get to choose." He said, "You can have three years of, 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 of pestilence," I believe it was. He said, "Or you can have um, you can have uh, three months of the enemy's sword. Th- three years of famine. Three years of the enemy's sword." Or you could have three days in the hands of God. And David chose. I think he chose wisely. He said, let me fall into the hands of a merciful God. God, give me your judgment for three days. And through this act of his pride and of his selfishness, it cost the lives of 70,000 people. What a great price that he had to that he had to pay and that ultimately the people had to pay because of his pride of his selfishness of of his wanting to fulfill the the lust of his own mind satan himself was cast from heaven because of pride pride is a, a a sin that that So easily gets a hold of us because we, our human nature desires self-preservation, self-benefit, to do things that are good. I don't want to harm myself. I want to do things that are good for me. And so if I'm not careful, I will allow myself to, to step up and say, yeah, but I'm the most important in this situation. And very, very rarely. Are we ever the most important? Now, how do we we humble ourselves? How how can we get that under control in our life and and be humble as God wants us to be humble? I tell you, one of the ways that that is uh, probably the most powerful is praising God. When you find yourself becoming prideful and selfish, why don't you take a moment and start praising God? Oh, when we start exalting God, when we start lifting Him up, the the word for praise that's used in the Bible means to, to be clear, to shine, to make a show or to boast, to be boisterous, to celebrate, to rave about someone. When we begin to praise God, that's exactly what we do. We make it clear just who God is. We begin to exalt his name. We begin to talk about who God is. And as we talk about who God is and say, God, you're great. God, you are the the prince of peace. Lord, you're the king of all kings. We begin at the same time as we're exalting God. We're taking ourselves and humbling ourselves because we're recognizing that in relationship to God, He's way up here, and I'm way down here. Uh-huh. When, when I begin to cry out to God with praise, I'm, I'm exalting Him and I'm lifting Him up, and, and, and in the fact of or the act of li- lifting Him up lowering myself and putting myself in a right position along with praise comes worship let me back up let me let me read psalm 34 this is a psalm of david when he changed his behavior says i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth. David recognized that, listen, if I'm going to be right in the right place with God, I better have his praise continually in my mouth. Well, if I stop praising God, my flesh is going to begin to rise up. My pride is going to begin to to start swelling up. My my head's going to swell. So instead of letting my head swell, let me open my mouth and offer some praise. I'll let some of that steam off where it needs to be. He said, my soul shall make her boast of the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from my fears. It wasn't until after David began to offer some praise that he was able to say that I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me. When we worship, the, the, the word used for worship is uh, means to depress to to prostrate, to to reflex or or to bow in homage to royalty or to God, to bow down, to crouch, to fall flat, to humbly beseech, to make obeisance, to do reverence, to make, to stoop, or to worship. When we worship God, we are literally literally lowering ourselves In stature, we're bending the knee and bowing before God and saying, God, I worship you. God, you can stand in your majesty. But when I come into your presence, oh, I don't have a right to stand before the king of kings. But Lord, I need to bow before you. I need to make it known that I'm humble before you, God. Lord, I I don't have a right. I don't have a reason to try to compare myself to you because there is no comparison. You are God and I am not. It it is a simple matter. Just as simple as that is that he is God and we are not. Psalm 50, or 95 and 6 tells us, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. How could one that has been made be greater than the one that has made him? Oh, when we begin to recognize who God is, how that we, we, we were made by him, we were formed by him. The, the world around us was formed by the words of his mouth. He spoke all of this into existence. Oh, we we as as we begin to, to experience God, as we begin to come into his presence and we begin to praise and to worship him, we come into a right relationship. And it's at that point when we're in that right position that then we are able to make. Prayer. We are able to go before the throne and pray and and know that that God's gonna hear me, God's gonna answer me, and God's gonna do the work. As we go into this time over the next 21 days of prayer and fasting, my prayer has been: God, increase my praise. God, give me the right words to praise you. God, give me the right attitude to praise you. God, teach me the right way to worship and to adore you, God. Oh, Psalm 107, four times the writer says, Oh, that men would praise him. The, the psalmist is crying out and saying, oh, if, if people would just get a hold of what it does to praise God. Hallelujah. Church, if we just get a hold of, of, of the power, the power that it opens to us in prayer when we begin to praise Him and put Him in the proper place. I would encourage you, take some time in your prayer." praise and worship God let praise grow and, and expand in your prayer life and watch God begin to answer and to respond to those prayers that you present to him hallelujah Lord we thank you right now God we do praise you right now Lord God we praise you for who you are we praise you for your mighty works we praise you because your name is above every name. We praise you because you are the great and the mighty king. You are the one and only Lord. You are God and there is none like you, God. Lord, and we praise you today, God. Lord, as we enter into a time, God, of praise and worship, God, we ask that you would help us, Lord. Give us the right, the right spirit, the right attitude, the right words. God, that we can praise you without any limitations today, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As our worship team comes, join together with us in praising and worshiping God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fine. Fine. Hallelujah. Can we just lift them up right now? Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Can we stand to our feet and begin to worship the name of Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. God, we magnify you, Jesus. We glorify your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus, God. Can we give you can we give them all? We give them, oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus.